0: Hello and welcome back to the PAL with Tani G. I'm your host, Tani G. We're in Chapter 5, Paragraph 7, Parakei Mishnah Zion. Here in Ethics of the Fathers, Parakei Avos with art school's Notes on the bottom. We keep trudging along and God willing we're going to finish Season 1 too. We hope you join us for the whole Season 1 and come back for the future seasons. God willing, Emir Tashambli Nader. Questions, comments, suggestions are always welcome at MaximumTEE at Yahoo.com. 10 miracles were performed for our ancestors in the Holy Temple. We hope that it will speedily be brought back speedily in our days through happy means so that the world could come to its ultimate completion and have peace and harmony in the whole world. The notes at the bottom say in the Holy Temple, the abode of the Divine Presence where the laws of nature were transcended and we'll explain why Never did a woman miscarry. We should never know from such things in general, May re'ach b'sara kodesh, because of the aroma of the meat of the sacrifices. The notes at the bottom say the meat of the sacrifices, flesh of the offerings, were burned constantly on the altar and for the meals of the Kohanim. The miracle was that no pregnant woman ever craved to eat this meat, for it would not be permitted her, and she might miscarry, God forbid, if her craving were not satisfied. nor become putrid did the meat of the sacrifices ever and there was never seen a fly in the place where the meat was butchered Velo ira karil b'yom kippurim never occurred to the Kohen Gadol to the high priest a seminal emission on yom kippur in the notes at the bottom say which would have rendered the priest ritually contaminated and unfit to officiate in the temple on yom kippur only the high priest could perform the temple service Velo kibu hagishamim ishsha Nor did the rains extinguish the fire of the wood of the altar pyre. And never did the wind disperse the column of the smoke. The notes at the bottom say, disperse, literally defeat. And never was there found a disqualification in the Omer. The notes at the bottom say, the sheaf of barley offered in the temple on the morning of the 16th of Nisan, after which... People were allowed to eat the new grain crop. A limited amount of barley was cut on the night before the second night of Passover and offered the following morning. Had a ritual defect been found in the barley, the offering could not be brought that year, Uveshteya or in the two loaves, notes in the bottom say, these had to be baked before the onset of Shavuos. And off on the festival itself, if they became disqualified by a defect, replacements could not be baked. Sidebar, also a miracle that the loaves of bread went from week to week to week, especially in the Mishkan, and when they were taken off, they were just as fresh and just as warm as when they were put on the week before. Imagine, bread was cooked on, baked on Friday... It was taken off the next Friday and it was still hot and still tasted delicious and fresh a week later. Can you imagine? Nowadays a week of bread old has nasty mold and nobody will want to touch it with a 20-foot pole. But God made it, Hashem made it, that it was fresh and delicious the week later when it was replaced by the next bread. V'lacham our in the show bread. This is just what we said. The two laves were baked before Shavuos, and they were offered on it. If they were disqualified, the replacements couldn't be baked. But in the showbread itself, 12 loaves were baked each Friday and placed on the temple uh, on the Shabbos, where they remained until new loaves replaced them on the following Shabbos. If a defect were found, the mitzvah could not be performed because new loaves could not be baked on the Shabbat. On Shabbos. Omdim the people stood crowded together, but they prostrated themselves in ample space. Crowded together, throngs of pilgrims gathered in the temple courtyard on the festivals in Yom Kippur, filling it to capacity. Yet miraculously, though there was barely enough room for so many to stand, each person had ample room to prostrate himself and confess his sins in Yom Kippur, or to recite private prayers on the festivals without being overheard by his neighbor. So the person had the space and had the privacy, even though Though people were like sardines when they were standing magically, thanks to Hashem, when they prostrated themselves, they had much ample space. <inaudible> Nor injury was caused by a serpent or a scorpion in Jerusalem ever. <inaudible> Never did a man say to his fellow, Insufficient for me is the space to stay overnight in Jerusalem. The notes at the bottom say there's no room for me. Through throngs, of, the throngs of people came to Jerusalem, especially for the festivals. There was suspicion of accommodations for them all. Moreover, because of the holiness of the city, God provided for all residents of Jerusalem so that no one ever had to relocate to, to another city to seek a livelihood. So we see here there were ten miracles going on. There's a big common theme in this parak about ten. The number ten itself is wonderful, and we could connect to different ideas. Of course, to the luchot itself, there were ten. 5 and 5, one, one side to connect to, to Hashem and one side between man and his fellow. And the major question is why is honoring the parents and honoring Shabbos on that side when really it should be really between man and his friend, especially honoring his parents. And the answer could be because God is the third partner in the relationship of when you come into force, when you come into being, man and woman contribute and God gives the Holy Soul and allows it to come together. So when you honor the parents, you're honoring God himself. So 10 is a big thing here, and of course these 10 miracles that we're talking about to us might not seem so applicable nowadays. But if you think about it, if you walk around, for example, and you see a piece of meat on the floor, how many thousands of flies will come? But in the Yerushalayim in the olden days, there's not a single fly in the entire Yerushalayim, especially around the base of Megiddo Maybe not the whole Yerushalayim, but definitely around... Where they were slaughtering And they slaughtered hundreds of hundreds of animals And it was probably It smelled horrendous But Hashem made it That there weren't flies And there probably weren't the smell And there was blood pouring everywhere But He figured out How to do that And there was no cause of the smoke to move. Anytime nowadays you're outside and there's a little bit of wind, the wind can move anything. Even if you're chasing a receiver, you're chasing your yarmulke or your hat that falls off, you have to run after. But in your shalayim, the smoke went up like a straight line. The wind didn't touch it, didn't move it. Just an interesting thing to think about. And nobody got injured. There are thousands of animals, thousands of bugs around, but nobody got touched. Even in the midbar when they're walking, God caused it that that the, the clouds and whatnot paved the way for them and killed any damaging insects or damaging bugs or whatnot, even a snake or a scorpion or anything that could be dangerous or lethal, Hashem took care of And here also nobody got injured because you come to serve God, God will protect you. Shilua, uh, they say, Shilu mitzvah, in nizakeh. And this could be a practical point we could think about. Try to do as many mitzvahs and be a shaliach, a messenger for people, as much as you can because God gives extra protection. They say that one time somebody was driving a rabbi and he was speeding And he got pulled over And I think either he did get the ticket Or didn't get the ticket But either way the story would go They asked why they got the ticket And the rabbi said You can't do things just to expect you to get off You have to do things and try to be a, a shiluch As best as you can And if he did get off the ticket Then it's also a proof That shiluch mitzvah ain't in zaken So you should do what you can Hashem will protect you Do mitzvahs So not just because Hashem will protect you But do mitzvahs because that's what Hashem wants And hopefully by doing the mitzvahs Hashem will take care of you And if you're involved in one mitzvah And another mitzvah comes to your hand You know you're technically patra, But do as many mitzvahs as you can And Hashem will make sure that there will be Whatever you can to have the protection for you And also we could learn that a person never said there's not enough room here. Everyone has a little bit, a, a little bit, a little bit. If we have 10 minutes, we have 5 minutes, we can learn with each other, we can help each other. Even if you have a little bit of space in your house, your apartment, try to do what you can to have guests and to have people. If Hashem blesses you with a house, blesses you with accommodations, try to share with others, try to have shurim with others, try to have events with others, try to help others, try to have people. HaK'Nas is what you can, because if Hashem in the olden days made sure that everybody had enough ample space, and He gives you ample space not just for you and your family. Try to give unto others whether it be with money or material possessions or with your space and with your time. Give unto others like Hashem gives unto you. If you do kindness like Hashem does kindness then Hashem will make sure the kindness comes back to you as we've mentioned before. Join us next time as we journey on in chapter 5 onto paragraph 8 Parakei Mishnachet will be next on the PAL with Tani G. And I'm your host Tani G.